0: are listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the FCF Leadership Podcast. We are in a series about the Enneagram and why it's important to those of us in ministry. If you have not watched or listened to the very first two episodes in this series, please stop, go and watch them. They're going to give you a great base for everything we're talking about. We have already made it to the Enneagram seven, which is the enthusiast. I was recently able to talk to my friend Caroline about what it's like to be a seven and the trait gluttony. Caroline is the next gen pastor at Shoreline Church in Destin, Florida. She has also founded Waves Ministry, which focuses on ministering to young girls and women in youth and college age, locally and globally, through conferences and trainings in the States and in other countries. She is an out-of-the-box thinker and wave maker for Christ. Thanks for joining me.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, just so everybody can get to know you a little bit better, I'm going to ask you some fun questions just to start off with. Do you like coffee or tea best?
1: Coffee, coffee, but I actually, okay. So I felt like I was addicted to coffee though. So I, I gave it up in January and I like weaned myself off. Like, so like for two weeks I did half and half and then we went three fourths and one fourth. <laughs> It was like a process, but I love coffee. I still drink decaf every morning.
0: I've done that before. And it's, I realized I wasn't addicted to it. I just really like the taste of it. I thought it was a caffeine thing, but it's not. I just like it.
1: Mine was a caffeine thing. Oh. <laughs> but I do like the taste too. Yeah. Do okay. you just like cream in yours or do you just do it black?
0: No, I do half and half and I prefer raw sugar. Okay. Uh, do you prefer Twizzlers or red vines? Hmm.
1: Okay, Twizzlers, but have you seen the ones that are the Starburst Twizzlers that have the goo inside? No. Girl, like road trip favorite. Okay. only eat them on road trips, but they like, it's got this yummy Starburst goo on it and it's delicious.
0: Okay, so we're focusing on the Enneagram 7, which is the enthusiast. The negative characteristic trait we are talking about today is gluttony. And most people are going to relate this to food. It is not just what I figured out is gluttony is related to anything that you overindulge in. So watching shows, buying clothes, it's spending too much time on other things so you can avoid things. It is just (laughs) about overindulging.
1: 100%.
0: the enthusiast at their healthiest, sevens are fun and adventurous, as well as strong and spiritually grounded. However, the core weakness for sevens is gluttony. This means they felt a huge, they feel a huge emptiness inside of them. Because of that emptiness, sevens have never have a never-ending desire to fill that emptiness with stimulation and experiences in hopes that they will one day feel content.
1: Yes. How does
0: That's that resonate with you? Oh, so
1: fun. Wow. <laughs> you know, I will say I totally relate to that. Um, it, it's one of those things as you say that, um, that gluttony is, is one of our downfalls. You, you hit the nail on the head. I know for myself, as enthusiastic as I am, um, one of the things that I feel like a lot of sevens do this is they try to avoid their feelings, right? And it's like they have the feelings, um, but they don't want to talk about them. They don't want to deal with the things that they are upset about. And so they distract. And Mm. so that gluttonous spirit starts to be a part of our lives because we're trying to distract ourselves from the things that we actually need to deal with. Mm -hmm. And Whether that be work or a relationship issue or or whatever. And so I know for me, like, I know whenever I don't want to do something, I will distract to get out of it. Like, I will stand in the lobby and talk to people and talk to people and talk to people so I don't have to go work on that project. I will go out to eat with friends. I know that whenever I'm super stressed, I will book up all these coffee appointments with people because I don't want to have to deal with whatever that issue is. And people don't think like, oh, you're just being relational. But in reality, you're being gluttonous on something to avoid. Um, But I will say even like I've had a weight loss journey over. I mean, I feel like I've battled my weight in one form or another since the ninth grade. And it's like Mm. I've gone from stress starving myself to being so overweight to your back. And you're just going back and forth this binge thing. Um, I've seen it in clothing and shopping. I mean, in the past I had a huge credit card problem. I, for 18 months, did that like debt snowball thing paid off sixteen thousand dollars in debt hallelujah but i will say that that a lot of that was a gluttonous thing that i was buying and buying and buying trying to fill that void and stuff and so it is it's a part of us sevens we're enthusiastic we're like buy it go do it go to coffee you know and we just get crazy and and that can be a real negative thing
0: So one thing that just popped in my head was I wonder if this gluttony um, comes from you're so the life of the party that when the party is not there to fill that empty void from the party because you feel the most alive when you're around people and with people um, that when you're by yourself or in smaller moments that you have to fill that with other things. Is that Correct?
1: Oh, I think so. Because even um, even during I got COVID lovely back in November of last year, like everyone else did at some point. And um I I, even in that, I felt like I had a gluttonous moment. I just binged Netflix and binged all these TV shows to the point that once I was done with COVID, it was like I had to create this party of some sort. Um, (laughs) even if I was alone, you know, and then it was like, okay. We need to turn the TV off after dinner now. And we got to put a sign on your TV that says, engage your mind. So you go back to reading like you used to. Uh And I think it is that part of us as that personality trait of sevens that it's just, we need to create something to stimulate and be exciting for us um, at all times.
0: So how have you been able to redirect that energy into other things? I mean, I know you do Waves Girls Conference and it seems like you are constantly busy with that, but I would love to hear some of your quick tips on how you can get out of this binge or gluttonous attitude.
1: Yes, so one of the things that I feel like a lot of sevens have is even though we're enthusiastic, we are extremely passionate. So if you can channel that energy, towards self-discipline and self-control. It is such a beautiful new awakening part of who you are. Um, One of the things with my Waves Girls Conference that I've preached for years and years and years, and it's, it's kind of a life motto for me, it's pray, listen, obey, repeat. And um as long as you are staying aligned with the Lord and you are praying, you are listening to him, you are obeying what he says, and then you repeat the process, he and you're connected in with him, but you have to ask the right questions, right? Like so I one of the questions I I try to do this kind of seasonally. And um, when I start to feel like things are out of balance or out of whack, I start to ask the Lord, what needs to stay, what needs to go, and what needs to change. Yeah. You know, what stay what needs to go and what needs to change and and once I start like hearing those things I'm praying and I'm asking him those things I'm listening to what he reveals to me and then I have to put it into motion and then suddenly it's like okay when I hear a thus saith the Lord on it I am way more prone to go on and do it yes <laughs> um sometimes it's delay. Right. Um, but, but for me, like that has been kind of the key to me getting back on track in some areas. Um, like in January of 2019, I felt like the Lord was like, I was praying. I was like, what needs to stay? What needs to go? What needs to change? And the Lord was like, that credit card debt has got to go. Like it is binding you, like you're shopping. And he was like, if you can just hit that real hard for 18 months, you'll be free, you know? Yeah. Um, why not? You know, even this year, um, I've, I've lost some weight since the beginning of the year, but it was with a friend of mine who she, she lost 80 pounds last year. And I said, wow. and I was like, girl, I was like, I, I don't need to lose quite that much, but I'm like, I need to lose some, you know? And I'm like, what you do? And so I, it's one of those things that I'm like, okay, if I can just focus in for a year and just work on getting that off, like then we can start a new rhythm. Um, yeah. I know for me, a lot of it has had to come from God and and that's where you know our relationship with the Lord is so important. And it's yes. like if you can be enthusiastic about what he's asking you to do, um, then, then you can have change.
0: Boy, that's so good. So spot on. And I think it can be difficult for people, especially those enthusiasts, to shut down that mind and listen, you know, because you want to be go, 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 do, 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 enthusiastic like of the party. Mm. And those moments of serenity, those moments of silence can be difficult. So it's having that relationship with the Lord, learning when to shut it down and tune in, you know, it's so important. That's right. That's right. I love that. Okay. (laughs) So now that we've got to hear your heart and your story a little bit, I am going to uh, share with you what Dr. Bowman has to say about gluttony.
2: All right, Todd, we're in number seven. We're talking about gluttony. What do you think about gluttony?
3: All right. Uh, When I think of gluttony, the first thing that comes to mind uh, is kind of the the compensation for fear or compensation for things being out of control. Sometimes compensation for even scarcity or uh, this fear that there won't be another opportunity for this Mm -hmm. down the road. Uh, And it's an interesting hijacking of God's design for the body. Uh, in many ways, the brain and the gut are connected specifically by way of serotonin production. So the gut is the only place outside of the brain that neurotransmitters are produced. Uh, in this instance, we're talking about serotonin. It's a calming uh, neurotransmitter that kind of feels us, uh, leaves us feeling a bit sedated, a bit heavy. After we've had a big full meal, we kind of think about Thanksgiving. There's just that sedation that happens with, ah, like, oh, I'm stuffed. Uh, and the world is okay, or we're... Uh, kind of in a uh, modified state of being, so to speak, in that moment. Well, part of what's underneath that is uh, with cortisol production. Cortisol is the stress hormone. It's produced when we have chronic stressors. Uh, it's not like adrenaline, which kind of gets a quick rise out of us and we can overcome the, the threat or the stressor. Cortisol is really this longer term producing uh, neurotransmitter or a hormone. Uh, and really, uh, it leaves us desiring craving if you will high starch mm-hmm. and high fatty foods yeah well beneath that d- drive or desire for high starch and high fatty foods is the fact that those are really difficult for our bodies to break down so like fried chicken is the best of both worlds in Come that off. space uh, and it's amazing uh and Right, like when our bodies are having a harder time breaking down high starch and high fatty foods, there's more serotonin that's produced. So uh, oh. when we see gluttony, it's a soothing, right? This desire to soothe ourselves in our circumstances, uh, but rather than with spiritual discipline through a kind of hijacking God's design for the body, uh, and over time, right, like we can see the, the the negative effects of that with overall, not just physical functioning, health wise, cardiovascular, and other things, but even. Uh, some neurological stuff that shows up because it ultimately doesn't work. Our cortisol levels are are still high uh, and we need other means of modifying our uh, neurobiology than kind of like literally eating it or trying to eat it away. What I
0: found interesting right in the beginning, uh, he talked about basically what we just talked about. Of course, he related all of this to food, which is okay. Because I think it has the same principles as what we were just talking about. Compensation for fear, for things being out of control, for things not being enough of. Um, Does that resonate with you? Do you see how that applies to you at all?
1: Oh, yes, totally. I think that we do have this underlying fear of like things are not going to be good. So I've got to just take over and take control and make it good. You know, and, and that, that's where we start down this little rabbit trail that can end up in not a good place. Yeah. Interesting.
0: I totally thought about, um, talking about like binge shopping, that feeling (laughs) like chasing the sale, you know what I'm talking about? Where You feel like, oh, well, I don't know the next time they're going to do a 30% off. So I'm just going to buy all of this stuff now because that makes total sense to yes. buy all the things that you don't really need now because it's
1: 30% off, so. Yes, and then the feeling keeps going on and on as you pull those items out and wear them the first time and then people compliment them. It's, it. I hate to say it's like an addict, but it kind of becomes it is kind of like an addiction thing and, you, and it feeds you in some sort of way and people have no idea that that's what you're dealing with. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. you have no idea.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the word, binge has become this like, uh, I don't know, this like very highlighted word where everybody yeah. uses it for everything. There's no, not that we should be shameful of our life, but there is no negative connotation behind it.
1: Um, yeah. It, Netflix
0: binge is such a normal, yeah. Oh, i binged so many episodes of a show last night. Okay, right. and that's just totally normal now, whereas before it was not normal. No. And, and it's not okay. It has created almost this like very slothful lifestyle. Yes,
1: totally. And I think about that and like, I I know for, for changing the tides in that, it's like to be able to go, wait a minute, is this normal? Like, I, I know that it's normalized in our culture but as people of God, should we really be binging things? Like, no, not at all. I know for me, I will tell a personal story and it does have to do with food. Um, I've done youth ministry for 15 years. Okay. A long time. And when I was a, a young youth pastor, just starting out, it was like my first trip to lead students by myself. And I was like, okay, Hey, you know how that kid, like with the first time they go around the cul-de-sac without the training wheels on their bicycle. And you're like, I'm so excited, but I'm so nervous. And I remember being so pumped. I lived alone in my first apartment by myself. And it was the night before this trip where I was taking like 80 kids out of town. And I was so excited and stressed and I didn't know what to do. And so I drove to Krispy Kreme. And I bought a box of donuts and girl, I binged those things. Like, I don't know that I've ate the whole box in one sitting, but it was pretty close to a box. Way too many. Way too many. And I remember being ill, so ill and so sick. And then it was like the next morning I woke up still ill and sick and I felt sluggish and like, I couldn't actually do the things that God had assigned me to do well um, because I didn't feel well. And, and it was like, it took me probably about three years before I realized that that was what was going on. And I just thought it was like normal. I was like, oh, this is fine. I'm just nervous. And at some point, like the Lord had to confront me about it and go, listen, Caroline, like you're scared and you're fearful right now. And so you're trying to feed your soul instead of talking to me about it. <laughs> and, 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 and you're like, oh, you're like, I'm the youth pastor. I should know better than that, right? Um, but the truth is, it's like, it took a while for me to understand that no, actually a grilled chicken salad is what I need to eat the night before, or like some nice chicken kebabs from like Zoe's so that I'm going to have the that. fuel that I need. And if I'm nervous, then I'm going to need to talk to the Lord about that. Um, Ooh, that's it, good. It, you know, but we get in these mindsets of like, yeah, I was nervous. So I did this. I, you know, and it's like, that's not that let's, let's cancel that. Like <laughs> That should not be a part of our culture. Like, we should need to be fe- feeding our soul with the one who can truly feed it. Um, yeah,
0: that's so good. Uh, you know, we talk about rest often and how important rest is. And we correlate um, like sitting and watching a show as resting. But it's just like you said, if we are really in need of refreshing, if we're really struggling with nerves, if we're really exhausted, Doing these things, it's not what's going to fill us. We have to go to the one who created us, right? And to give us that connection and he will restore our soul. He will calm our nerves. He is the Prince of Peace. We're going to listen to what Patrick has to say on it from a biblical point of view.
2: Well, you know, in scripture, we read even in Ezekiel that uh, the sins of Sodom, (laughs) one of them was gluttony. They liked fried chicken and cheeseburgers, gluttony. I think that's interesting the Bible calls it a sin. Sometimes I think we take the word sin and we misunderstand that sin is missing the mark. It is a disorder from what God created or designed humans to live as. And so when we move to gluttony, we do have to do what you say, and that is look below the surface at the driver. What is it that this is meeting the need of? And I think even of the works of the flesh, which these works of the flesh Sometimes we get so OCD on the actual item or action that we forget that it's a gauge that we can look at to determine what is it that's off below the surface. What is it that's driving this stuff? One of the works of the flesh is lasciviousness, which means a lack of restraint. The question would be, why can't we restrain? Why is it that we go for the third piece of pie at Thanksgiving and tell everybody why we're doing it? I shouldn't eat this next piece of pie. Nah, I'm going to anyway. And while so many quote unquote sins are uh, something that everybody would point a gun at and shoot and persecute, when it comes to gluttony, it's one of those socially acceptable things. And when we talk about it being a sin, we have to stop and remember that really we're looking at what is a disorder from God's design. And so I do think it's critical to ask the deeper question and do the deeper work to find out why we are actually turning to this self-medication to actually eat more. Uh, And of course, you did brilliant talking about the neurobiological reaction of serotonin and how much our body desires certain neurochemicals. So uh, again, though, scripturally, God says it will hurt you. It will kill you because the wages of sin is always death. And of course, we know that spiritual death, but then it is also physical death.
0: Well, I mean, I think he just kind of summed up everything we already talked about. Yeah.
1: Don't you? I do too. Well, and I think whenever listening to him talk, you know, any sin carried out to an extreme is death, right? Yeah. And and death can be that piece of like death of your peace, um, death of your, like, it it can be simply taking away the fruits of the spirit in your life. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's where I think whenever it comes to that gluttonous piece that it's like, man, whenever we lean into that, um, instead of leaning into asking the Lord, like, okay, what am I trying to feed here? What, what void am I trying to fill that only you can? Um, we begin to, to lose the battle and to begin to just miss the mark like he was talking about.
0: Goodness gracious. Uh, I would love to hear from you. Your pastoral staff is basically all sevens. Yes. So that's really
1: fun. I mean, we have a church service on Crab Island, like on the party Island in my little Island in Florida. And I mean, which is so like us, right. Um, (laughs) Go where the party is or be the party. Right. Exactly. I mean, we have a pontoon boat in our community that we ride around to Crab Island that says hope for the city. And it's pink with, you know, Astro turf inside and it's very partyish. And <laughs> we do crazy things like confetti cannons on Sunday mornings. And we have a, we have a McDonald's type slide in our auditorium where we worship like that was that's made for adults that adults can slide down. for real. Um, you know, we have a lot of fun, but I will say, um, it is, it is hard to keep us on track at times. And so uh,
0: what's that like leading with all of them? You know, like if you see (laughs) someone struggling with gluttony, with having an improper balance in life, what has been the best way that you have helped them?
1: Um, I know that we have brave conversations all the time. Yeah. Um, we, we do that a lot. We do a lot of reflection every week. Um, and, and I will say, even, I think knowing that we're all sevens, <laughs> we have built into our staff meetings a lot of reflection time and good questions that we ask weekly. And we have a counselor that we actually hired. He's a Christian counselor. Great. And he, yeah, he meets with our staff um, once a month. And, uh, every month he is there for four hours and he will meet with different teams every month to meet with us and make sure that we're on track. Um, we all have done, uh, there's so many different types of personality things that you can do, but all of our staff has done the Berkman test on the Mm -hmm. Berkman, uh, assessment. And so he does team meetings with us. Like I'm in charge of next gen. And so our next gen team will meet with him for four hours. Um, in June. And we will go through like, how are we working? How are we not working? How are we communicating? Um, And it kind of keeps that pulse going uh, so that that way, you know, just having a licensed professional that is a Christian and can go have those real frank conversations with us, but he allows for time to um, where if there's any staff members that are having personal problems, um, even work related, that he can meet with them to help coach them um, and I think if we didn't have that, we probably would be lost <laughs> at times. Um, but I will say um, we do have to have a lot of brave conversations. And, and I'm thankful because our executive pastor, um, she is an Enneagram nine. We have two executive pastors that tag. She's him. a nine? She's a nine. Or he's a, sorry, he's a nine and she's a one. And they kind of are the two that are the oddballs of the group. And they are the ones that like, and we just have to trust them sometimes, (laughs) you know, and take their word for it. And so, um, that's been, it's been a blessing that we have a nine and a one as our execs. So
0: (laughs) that's awesome. So what would be the worst way Mm -hmm. that someone could help you when you're struggling in like your gluttonous moments?
1: Um, I think you know, trying to interrupt me in the middle of doing whatever that is is probably not a good idea. Um, but definitely, uh, one way that they could help would be having a sit down one on one combo. Um, because it's like, I need that direct, like, okay, Caroline. And a lot of times, us Enneagram sevens, we know what we're doing. Like, we 100% know. We're not and ignorant so, to it. No, we're not. And so, uh, and so whenever, like, whenever you first bring it up, like bring it up and then move on because most of the time we know what's going on and it's like, okay, okay, okay. I see. I know, you know, so I got to fix it, you know? And, and so, cause we don't like being an, uncovered and exposed, right?
0: And Nobody so does.
1: Know, no, no. And the way that a lot of, a lot of Enneagrams like to stuff their feelings, being able to get us alone and talk to us about it is way better than going in the middle of it and going, hey. Do you know what you're doing right now? Um, John, I'm
0: going to keep doing it. Thanks.
1: Thank you. (laughs) You know, but I think having that one-on-one is the best way to do it.
0: That seems to be a running theme with all of the Enneagrams. Having that personal moment of saying, I see where you're at. Can I do anything to help you? And then allowing the other person to respond. Yes, I am struggling. I do need help or no. I recognize that I had been struggling, but I'm on a path.
1: Right. And I think them asking the question for the Enneagram seven, how can you make what, like changing this, how can you make it fun? You know, um, asking that question, because I think we think that self-discipline doesn't have to be fun, but you can make it fun. Um, And so like working out, like once you you have a goal, like, oh, I'm going to do 20 classes in 31 days it's a new challenge. Right. And so you can, you can make that fun. And so as a coworker or in leadership, being able to say, okay, how can we make this a fun goal or what's going to be the reward at the end of it? That's right. Uh, because we're, we're incentive based. <laughs> Where's the <laughs> carrot? You know?
0: Oh, it's so good, Caroline. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. I think we've covered everything we need what? to cover I love having me on. Thank you. My honor and privilege. So I want people to know where they can get to know you better. I would love for you to tell everybody about the Waves Conference, Waves Girls Conference. Tell us all about that.
1: Yeah. So um, you can follow me on Instagram uh, at Caroline Hair or at Waves Girls Conference. So um, about eight years ago, I started a girls conference ministry um, for teen and college age girls uh, called Waves. And we use the spiritual analogy of Waves to talk about identity and calling, because we can talk about eating disorders and gluttony and all those things all day long. But if we do not get to the root idea of them being children of God, and we will never go any farther. So we want girls from 12 to 22 to know who they are in Christ and then to get on with their calling. They don't have to wait to be 30. They can start making waves for Christ in their home community and world um, right now. And so we have girls conferences um, in the States, but then also internationally um, in Africa, Canada, and Albania and Europe. And so, but we have an annual conference in Destin. Uh, We do other conferences. We're looking to do a Birmingham conference in Alabama. um, in 2022 and we've done them in New York and LA and all different places so if that's something that interests you go to wavesgirlsconference.com and follow us on Instagram we have a podcast so you can check that out waves ministry podcast
0: okay I hope everybody got goosebumps the same way I did because I love what you guys are doing you're making a huge impact thank you so much
1: yeah thank you
0: For listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast, to learn more, go to fcf.org.